From Studio Nowhere, it's time for... Saga USA. Welcome to another edition of Soccer Talk USA. I'm your host, Mark Cedar. This is episode number 304 for the 22nd of August 2011. And, uh, well, we've got a lot to talk about. We've got uh, all kinds of uh, signings in MLS and trade things to talk about. We've got uh, CONCACAF Champions League, lots of that stuff. We've got uh, some cool MLS results in Houston and Portland in particular, and we've got uh, a lot of interesting EPL stuff. So, uh, And we've also got a WPS uh, semifinal to talk about. So I guess we'll just dive right in and start talk, talking about stuff. So uh, big news, obviously, is the uh, Robbie Keane signing uh, to LA Galaxy. And in the same move, they're sending uh, Angel, Juan Pablo Angel to uh, Chivas, which I thought was kind of cool because he doesn't have to... You know, change his address or anything and relocate. He just, actually, he doesn't even have to, he still goes to the same place to work. He just is on the other side or something. I don't know what. I don't know where they, how, how the, uh, LA and, uh, the Galaxy and, and Chivas have their, uh, locker room set up and all that and, and how they handle that. But, uh, I know they have some extra fields around there, so maybe he just goes to a different field to work out or something. Uh, who knows? But, uh, yeah, it's kind of a cool thing. Uh, I think that's a it's a great pickup for uh Chivas and uh you know solves a problem for for LA. A huge pickup for LA Robbie Keane. I'm a big Robbie Keane fan and I think this is just class move all the way. Uh somebody compared it to uh, Angel coming here, but I think Robbie Keane's a better better uh better goal scorer than than Angel was. Angel was a good one. I I, I don't they're kind of different kind of players, but uh um, but I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's that type of a move as far as, you know, the age when he came, the, the pedigree and everything else. And, and, uh, it's just, and I, and I mentioned this last week, you know, when there were rumors of this happening, that I, I love this concept of LA's already at the top and they're getting even stronger. That's what Manchester United, that's what Real Madrid, that's what, you know, the big super clubs of the world, that's what they do. And uh, to see MLS clubs start doing that is fan-freaking-tastic. I'm very, very impressed. So, uh, other news, we have the, the the report that Jimmy Conrad has retired. Uh, apparently, he's still going to be involved with Chivas a little bit, but um, um, I guess he's had some concussion-type problems, and uh, rather than you know drag it on out and put up with that, he's just going to retire. And so, uh, I, uh, the, the funny thing about Jimmy Conrad, and this will probably sound hilarious because he's been around forever and everything, but this just goes back to how long I've known him in, in many ways. Uh, I realize most of you probably think of Jimmy Conrad as a Kansas City Wizard, you know, player, or, you know, because that's where he played for so many years. I still think of him as an earthquake because he was a San Jose earthquake and he was a young kid then. He was, he was, I, I mean, I don't necessarily think of him as a, I don't remember him exactly as a rookie per se. I don't remember if he was a rookie or he just was, I, but to me, he was just like one of the young guys at the back for San Jose way, way back when. And so to me, him retiring is, is kind of freaky because it's like, I mean, there were other players that played for San Jose, like a Troy Dyack, 
you know, or John Doyle, some of the people like that, 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 um, you know, they were already veterans when, when they retired. I mean, when, when, when I, when I knew them, they would, they had already been playing for a long time and, 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 and were not exactly young at that point. Um, and, uh, but Jimmy Conrad was just this young kid and, and, and I still kind of think of him that way. I still can't get up that he's all grown up and, and now he's actually retired. His career is over and, and, uh, so I feel kind of it's 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 an interesting thing, seeing, you know, hearing about Jimmy Conrad retiring. So uh, I wish him the very best and uh, hope that he continues to be involved with with uh, MLS in a lot of different ways. And and uh, but it is just kind of a it's just kind of an interesting thing. And I'm dreading the day I've mentioned this before that you know a player like Landon Donovan that really was a young kid, you know, when I first met him and 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 and. That's gonna really freak me out because that's gonna really make me feel old. But uh, but it's interesting. Um, that's I mean it's it's inevitable. It's gonna happen to all of us. So uh, you know. So uh, it's the other trade news we have: uh, Portland trades Jeremy Hall to Dallas for Dallas's uh, Eric uh, Eric Alexander. And this is an interesting move. I've never been the biggest uh, Jeremy Hall fan. I used to think he was horrible when he played for New York. Uh, got a little bit better. Um, and when he played for Portland, I thought he's, he's, he's been inconsistent, but he's definitely made some, some, some improvements. But, uh, he's still kind of a liability in a lot of ways. Uh, when he played for New York years ago when he first started, I remember, uh, you know, a year or two ago, whenever that was, he, he was kind of a red card king. He would just get red cards all the time, and I just thought he was just a liability. I was giving up penalties and getting red cards and stuff, and I couldn't figure out why he was even on the pitch. He just, I could, you know, he just didn't bring anything to the game that other than the liability. Uh, for Portland, he hasn't been quite that bad, but he does give the ball away and have some other issues, and he's definitely not my favorite player. Um, I like him as a person; he seems like a cool guy, but um, you know, just you know, Eric Alexander, I really don't know that much about from what I've seen and remember of him, you know, playing a little bit for for Dallas. Um, the few times I remember noticing him, it was a good impression. So I have kind of a vague good impression of him, but I couldn't really tell you much about him at all. Uh, I read a little bit, you know, read some articles about this trade, and the, the reports were, you know, pretty positive on him. He sounds like he's a pretty good, you know, good player, and so I'm thinking this sounds like a great move to me. Uh, you know, I don't know exactly. Uh, they, they they do play slightly different positions, so you know. Um, but anyway, I think it's a it's a nice move. So uh, and. Uh, haven't seen him play for Portland yet, but Jeremy Hall did get to play a little bit for Dallas, so we'll talk about that when I get to the the Dallas game. But uh, anyway, I just thought it was interesting. So good trade, good trade. I, I still don't think that's necessarily the answer for Portland. I think they need some some help up top is the biggest problem. But uh, you know, at least it's it's an I'm, I'm at this point the way Portland struggled throughout the season. I think it's you know you need to make, you need to keep making you don't want to make changes willy nilly and just you know trade all the time, but I think you do need to be making some moves at different times to just, it just changes the team dynamics a little bit, it kind of puts the players who are left on edge of, if you don't perform, you might be traded away, that kind of thing, and uh, that's good, that's good so uh, okay, let's talk about CONCACAF Champions League uh, several of these games last week, and uh, great results for MLS all the way around, uh, 5-0 and in this series which is just amazing um, most of these were at home, but uh, one in particular was not, so I'll go through some of these games. But uh, Seattle Communications 
Uh, just kind of a wild game. This is up in Seattle. Seattle give up a goal just 90 seconds in, but managed to equalize before the end of the half. Uh, right after the break, uh, Nagel's foolish challenge at midfield earns him a straight red, and it's not looking good for Seattle at that point. Uh, but then 10 men Seattle actually go on a tear, put three past the keeper, two beauties from Facito and an own goal. Uh, communications get their own guy sent off and uh, might have scored on a questionable goal line clearance that uh, wasn't given. So uh, could have been a little bit different, but in the end, Seattle have a uh, you know on paper it looks like a very decisive victory 4-1, but uh, Seattle had to really come from behind on this one. So kind of interesting and played most of the match a, a man down. So uh, L.A. Uh, Montagua. Uh, lively start for both, but Crispin puts LA ahead early, uh, putting in a cross for uh, Janino, from Janino. On the half hour, a huge double save off the line for uh, Montugo, or whatever this team is called. Uh, it's all LA after that as they just pour on the pressure, but the second goal doesn't come until the hour mark. As Landon roofs one when the ball gets through uh, to him at the back post. Uh, the other team hit the post, although it might have been with the hand. They were trying to head it in. Uh, they go down a man when a player plants his studs on the chest of Sean Franklin. Ouch. Uh, shades of DeYoung in the World Cup. L.A. looked pretty comfortable after that, mostly keeping the ball in their opponent's end. So uh, L.A. 2, Montenga nil. We had Pumas versus Dallas. This was actually in Mexico. Nil-nil at the break as Dallas was under a ton of pressure, uh, but Kevin Harbin keeps him in it. But just past the hour, Chavez capitalizes on a shot coming back off the post to redirect it into the empty net and Dallas lead. They actually dominate after that and become the first MLS team ever to win in Mexico, which is pretty amazing. I mean, that nobody else has done that, but, you know, and that Dallas finally did that, so pretty cool. Uh, Colorado Metapon, I think part of the reason we haven't done that, we haven't really played that many in Mexico, first of all. So, uh, Colorado Metapan, uh, this was an awesome game. Just 15 seconds in the ma- into the match, Metapan get a speedy guy behind the back line. Drew Moore drags him down for the yellow and the penalty. But the Rapids equalize in the 16th via Matt Kanji, back from his ACL tear last MLS Cup, heading in a nice downward header. In the 25th, though, Pickens is hit in, in the box, but holds on to the ball. There's no call, but his throwout is horrible. I think he kind of panicked a little bit and just threw the ball right to a Metapan player who go in and sco- goes in and scores. But then the Rapids luck changes as a Metapan player gets a straight red for a ridiculous hand of the face of a Colorado player. Then in the 36th, Drew Moore uh, trips a player in the box. The assistant ref says it's a penalty. But after a long delay, the center ref says it was offside. There's no foul or penalty. Very confusing. Uh, in the final minute of the half, this is all in the first half. Kanji scores again, dinking in a little ball from five yards out, and we're level. Just minutes after the break, Kanji is evolved again, getting into the box, uh, finding Akpan, who puts in the winner. So two goals and an assist for Kanji. <laughs> he is back. Uh, the Rapids hold on for an impressive win. So Colorado 3, Metapan 2. So very good game. Uh, Toro versus Toronto. Uh, this was actually in wherever Toro is from. I can't remember what country they are, but I should have written it down. Uh, Ryan Johnson capitalizes on a misplay by the defender in the 21st, uh, takes the ball and scores. Just a minute, a couple minutes later, De Guzman fires a long range one that the keeper does really poorly with, and TFC lead by two. But in the second half, De Guzman makes a foolish challenge to give up a penalty. Uh, he didn't need to do it. There was, there was cover and stuff, and I don't know why he went in like he did, but he gave up a clear penalty. 
Toro get one back from the spot. Uh, Toro pressure late, including a stoppage time uh, header that's off a free kick that's flashed just inches wide. Uh, Plata nearly scores at the other end, but the keeper makes a great save. TFC hold on for the big win, and it's Toro 1, Toronto 2 on the road. So pretty good, you know, great results for all the MLS teams. Uh, not exactly easy in all cases. I thought the, the LA one was definitely the easiest. But um, pretty comfortable, you know, uh, good good results all the way around. So uh, awesome, awesome, great to see. So, well, let's talk Major League Soccer. Lots of games to talk about. So we'll start with uh, stuff from midweek. We had uh, New England versus Houston. Uh, New England uh, looked the brighter, take the lead via Ryan Cochran tap-in when goalkeeper Tally Hall uh, came and didn't get the ball. But Houston are resilient, keep plugging away, managed to sneak one in equalizer off a corner kick in stoppage time when Matt Reese can't hold on to his ball and Boswell is there for the tap-in. So uh, stoppage time uh, equalizer for Houston. We'll hear more about that in a moment. Uh, the last play of the game was a bump by Adam Moffat on Phelan as he got sandwiched between the Houston player and his own goalkeeper. Um, this caused an after-the-whistle scuffle, and Moffat was given a second yellow, and Matt Reese was red-carded for his protest. Uh, very ugly, and now both players will miss the next game. Pretty dumb. Uh, so anyway, New England won, Houston won uh, with the stoppage time uh, equalizer for Houston. Uh, Kansas City, Portland, uh, just a horrible night for the Timbers, who were soundly outplayed, looked feeble. Uh, they got blasted early by another long-range bomb, just like at Houston, this time from Graham Zusi, who scored another later off a keeper rebound when Perkins did well to save a Bunbury shot. I gave a rebound that he put in. Uh, Portland went down 3-0 in the craziest manner when Bruner tried to clear a shot. It ricocheted off the striker, the Kansas City striker, and over Perkins. Yeah, the Kansas City player knew zero about it. But he's all, you know, it's my goal, I got a goal. Uh, the only bright spot for Poland was the debut goal of uh, Bright DK. Uh, he's been out injured since before the season started. Uh, who came on for Cooper, managed to redirect the ball through the legs of the defender and beat the keeper. A bit lucky, but, you know, hey, he'll take it. So another strange event was the Kansas City goalkeeper, uh, Nielsen, getting cuts to his face that had to be stitched up when someone apparently threw something from the stands. Turned out to be the head of an Omar Bravo bobblehead giveaway. Uh, not nice. Presumably came from his own fans, but uh, I read a couple people were arrested, but I saw one report said something about uh, Portland fans, so I... It would make sense that a Portland fans would, would be upset, but I don't like to hear that. I don't know why Portland fans would go all the way to Kansas City and why they'd be throwing stuff. But to me, the, the types of fans who would, who would uh, you know, be loyal enough to go all the way to uh, Kansas City like that would be, you know, pretty cool fans. I don't think they, I mean, they'd be hardcore, yes, but I don't think they'd be, like, violent or anything, but. I don't know. Anyway, it's it's not a good thing. Uh, I was really impressed with Nielsen's uh, shrugging it off as no big deal. I mean, he had stitches. It was it almost it almost you know it hit it almost hit his eye. It was like above his eye and below his eye, and and uh, you know he had to have some stitches there and tape it up and everything. And and uh, he was like, oh, no big deal. You know, it happens all the time. <laughs> I mean, from where he's from, you know, in Europe or whatever, I guess it's you know. But uh, I, and I also find it kind of weird because like when I go to the the uh, Portland Timbers games. Um, if I order a water bottle at the stadium, which I'm not crazy about doing because it's like five bucks or something for a little tiny bottle of water, which is just, you know, obscene, but they take the cap off. I think I mentioned this a previous one. They take the cap off and they give me the bottle opened. And I'm like, I, I, I want the cap. And they're like, no, you can't have the cap. And I'm like, 
why not? I, I you know, I don't want to spill it. And they're like, no, we're not allowed to give you the cap because it's a projectile. You might throw it. And I'm sitting here going, okay, these are little plastic. It's not even metal. It's a little plastic screw-on cap from a water bottle, right? It's like, first of all, even if I could throw it, it's so light. It's plastic. If you were up in the stands, it's going to, like, blow all around. You'd have no control over where it goes. It's not even like you could hit anything with it. And even if it did, it's a little plastic light thing. It would like, you'd be like a fly landing on your head. It's not even going to hurt or anything. I mean, it could hit you in the eye and it wouldn't hurt. I mean, it's just... I'm sitting here going, this makes no sense at all. I could have a silver dollar or a quarter or a nickel or, you know, a key or, you know, just about anything in my pocket that I could throw that would be much more damage, damaging than this little cap, you know. So the next game I brought my own cap. And uh, then, then what I did, because the first game I was at, Somebody knocked my water bottle over. I had it sitting someplace, you know, out of the way a little bit, and somebody knocked it over. I came back, and it was lying on its side, and, of course, it spilled. And, yeah, I paid five bucks for this water bottle, and then I lose half the water, so kind of lame. But, uh, and then the, and then I found out if I take a bottle with me but just don't open it, if it's unopened when you go into the stadium, they'll let you keep that, as long as it's unopened. You can't bring it over. I don't have any idea why that is. If they're worried you're going to bring liquor in or something, I, I don't know. But the weird thing is... The, when you bring the unopened bottle in, they don't take the cap. <laughs> so you buy it there, they take the cap. But you bring your own, they leave the cap. I'm like, that's incentive for me to, besides the ridiculous price. So anyway, I think this, and here they're giving away an Omar Bravo bobblehead, and somebody breaks the head off and throws the head. They can just throw the whole doll, for that matter. I'm like... That's pretty bizarre. I mean, they're giving you a weapon, and yet, you know, they're confiscating a cap, a little plastic cap. I, the whole thing's so ridiculous. Anyway. Oh, well, so Kansas City beat Portland 3-1, to one, so, in, in Kansas City. So, they, their record continues, their good home record, so. Uh, Chicago, D.C., Oduro had uh, several killer chances but couldn't score. Uh, hitting the post on his best effort, uh, Papa had a great free kick, but Bill Hamid made the save. Uh, D.C.'s best chance came from a terrific play by DeRosario, who got up from the ground to capitalize on a loose ball, sent it to goal. But Sean Johnson made an even better save. Uh, the whole play was offside and wouldn't have counted, but still terrific to watch. Uh, right at the end of the half, as Hamid took a goal kick, he tore his hamstring, went down like a sack of wet cement. He was in agony, just terrible to watch. Uh, Cronin had to take over the second half. Uh, right on the hour, Chicago uh, strike when uh, via Graziani, uh, when D.C. clear it right to him. His volley gets through. But 12 minutes later, D.C.'s uh, former fire, uh, Wolf, Josh Wolf equalizes off the underside of the crossbar. Hair offside, but not called, and he gets a step behind the back line and roofs it. A tight finish, uh, but neither team can get the winner. The Fire set a new MLS record with their, their 15th draw of the season. Wow. That's pretty incredible. Only, like, what, 22 games played so far and something like that, whatever we're up to. <laughs> and they've already had 15 draws. That's crazy. There's still a lot of the season left. So uh, Chicago won, D.C. won, and, and uh, that Bill Amid injury, I haven't really heard an update on that, so... <coughs> excuse me, sorry, I have to cough there. Uh, I hope he's okay, but it was just... I mean, if you look at his thighs, his thighs are like the size of a tree trunk. You know, and I was trying to think... I was watching him when he went down, and he... I mean, he was just taking a goal kick, and he just... I mean, he obviously tore his hamstring or something. I don't know how badly, but uh, I guess there's degrees. But, uh, I mean, I'm sitting there going, how big are his hamstrings? Hamstrings must be like 
my biceps. You know what I mean? It's like crazy. I mean, his legs are just huge, and and it's amazing to think that he could just by doing a kick like that could could tear it. So, I mean, he's got to be in incredible shape to you know. But anyway, kind of sad. Uh, New England, New York. Just 15 minutes in, Rev's new signing, uh, Cariglio, gets his first goal. He breaks through the center of the New York defense, gets his first shot saved by Condul. Uh, but then he takes the rebound, puts it away. Uh, and it looked like he wasn't going to do it. I mean, he got the rebound, but it wasn't like he just immediately knocked it back in. He had to do some dribbling and, you know, and it looked like, oh, he's, he's taking too long. And then he, he finally did get it. So it was nice to see. Uh, then before the half, he gets another, heading into long, uh, Monsali free kick, low and into the corner. Uh, but then the fortune seemed, seemed to swing New York's way as Dr. McCarthy appears to be taken down by goalkeeper Shuttleworth in the box. The ref initially points to the spot, but then he goes over and consults with his linesman, and then he gives Dax a yellow for diving, and there's no penalty after all. Wow. Dax did go down very easily, but there was there was definitely some contact. Strange call. Uh, I don't like it when the refs, um, you know, make the call like that and then change I mean, if you're going to make the call, I mean, he seemed very positive. I'm pointing to the spot. And then he goes over and consults with his ref, and then he changes, you know, completely changes it. And it's like, why not just wait on the call, go over and talk to your linesman, and then make the decision? It's far less controversial than changing your mind and looking like you don't know what you're doing. But uh, anyway, uh, New York do get back into it after the half, uh, right after the break. Uh, Dane Richards goes 1v1 with the ball over the back line. He beats Shuttleworth. Uh, worse later, just a moment later, uh, Mansali gets his second yellow for, uh, throwing an arm while trying to hit a ball, and the Rebs are down a man. But then in the 70th, Tanio tackles Joseph from behind, gets his second yellow, and both teams are down to 10. Um, very late in the match, the Rebs wanted a penalty for a clear trip in the box, but the ref doesn't call it. Play actually just keeps on going to the other side, where Lindpair gets to the end line, fires a hard cross that Richards knocks in for the 88th minute equalizer. It's just a double knock in the teeth for the Rebs, who thought they had a penalty, get scored at the other end, and just heartbreaking for New, New England. Uh, they're having the worst luck this season, I think. Uh, good, you know, comeback for New York in some ways, but at the other hand, it's, you know, yet another draw and yet another struggle for this uh, all-star team to, to, to do anything. So, uh, I don't know. You know, they, they got rid of uh, De Rosario, and, and uh, they can't score. So, <laughs> and their uh, big spending was this goalkeeper, Rust, who's out injured. So, oh, well. So, anyway, New England uh, to New York to uh, Columbus, Philly. Uh, Renteria puts the crew on the board at the 37th, a nice redirect of a cross to the middle of the box. But Philly equalized before the half with a smash header by uh, Bonovic. Uh, Vic off of a corner kick. Uh, right after the break, though, Robbie Rogers is forced wide of the goal, tries to cross it, hits Williams' uh, hand in the box. Not a big fan of those kind of penalty calls, but his hand was extended. It did block the cross, and you just have to call that. I'm sorry. Uh, Mendoza's penalty kick is poor, blocked by Mondragon, but the rebound actually goes in off his own body. So he basically, it was kind of spinning, didn't really get a good solid block on it, and uh, they score. Late on, uh, Heinemann is clearly dragged down in the box, but the ref refuses to give the penalty. No idea why. Uh, he actually gives Heinemann a yellow for protesting, which is just a double insult. Uh, then Hesmer has to work to make a couple key saves in the final minutes and stoppage, but the crew do hold on for the win, so I guess it's okay. So Columbus 2, Philly 1. Houston, RSL, what a game. To end, end-to-end stuff, just great, with both teams playing fantastic. Houston has several early chances. Then Jeff Cameron's shot is uh, right at Romando. He makes a save. Seconds later, RSL counter with Spindola getting behind the back line, and he slots it past Tally Hall to the far end, far side. Uh, just a 
inch perfect shot. Uh, you know, just outside of his, of the diving keeper's outstretched fingers and just inside the post, you know. Against the run of play, RSL lead. Then, uh, the Dynamo nearly get a break before the half and an RSL defender, uh, nearly sends the ball into the top corner of his own goal, but Romando is alert, tips it over. 80 seconds after the halftime restart though, Houston's Brad Davis finds Ching in the box, he puts it away, and we're tied. Then RSL's 17-year-old sensation, Luis Gill has a great chance dribbling around Hall, but puts his shot wide of an empty goal. Yeah, shocking. But a moment later, right on the hour, he finishes a header from the six-yard line, so he does get his goal. Uh, he was utterly unmarked, just terrible defending by Houston. Uh, Houston start pressuring and costly puts one in the side netting, and then the 69th, they do score via Bobby Boswell header off of a Davis corner kick. Just a brilliant flick header to the far side, and we're level. Uh, the final ten are all Houston as they pepper the RSL goal. Romano makes a fabulous one-hand diving save on a Ching shot that should have been the winner. Then in the 90th, Brad Davis has a shot inside the box. It's just wide. Looks like the draw is the outcome. But then Houston rookie Alex Dixon nets his first MLS goal with a shot from just outside the box. Amazing. He basically picked up a clearance, dribbled past two defenders to give himself some space, then left-footed it into the far corner. Literally the last kick of the game. Amazing. Definitely a goal. You should go check it out on uh, MLSnet.com. So uh, Houston 3, RSL 2, and RSL, uh, I think it's like 15 tries. They have not won in Texas, so they just are jinxed. Don't like the heat, I guess. Uh, Portland-Vancouver, this is definitely one of my games of the weekend. Uh, I, I forgot to mention about RS, uh, Houston. You know, that's two games in a row where they've basically, in stoppage time, have gotten points. So uh, pretty impressive on, from Houston's perspective. So. And they're back up, but they're like, uh, I think third place in the, in the Eastern Conference now. So, pretty impressive. Uh, Portland, Vancouver, uh, just a minute in. Portland steal the ball at the center line, charge toward goal where Chara gets into the box, controls the ball brilliantly, rifles a shot past Joe Cannon. Uh, Vancouver had possession after that. It was like 60-40, 60, 63, 37, something like that. Uh, but it's Portland who score off a free kick that is loose in the box. Perlaza pounces on it, toe pokes it into the net. Second half is mostly Vancouver as Portland defend. Uh, Perkins is strong in goal. Uh, the final minutes actually look pretty dicey. In the 89th, Camillo gets a through ball that puts him 1v1. He does well to turn and curl it to the far side past Perkins and ruin the shutout. Uh, that makes stoppage time a hold your breath affair, but the Timbers survive for a huge win. Uh, I'm actually going to Wednesday's Chivas game, so I can't wait for that. Finally getting to get, go, go back to some, seeing some games in person. Uh, but anyway, this game was, uh, you know, great result. Um, you know, the, on the one hand, you, you can look at this as, you know, glass half full, glass half empty kind of thing. Uh, I'm not going to say Portland was necessarily outplayed, because I don't really think they were. I think they definitely deserved to win, but I will say that, I mean, the final possession stats was Vancouver. It was like 60-40. I mean, they really dominated possession-wise. Didn't do anything with it, really, that, I mean, and their chances weren't really that threatening. I don't, it wasn't like Perkins was, you know, making just unbelievable save after unbelievable save. Yes, he was very solid in goal, and he had to be, but it was nothing, you know, earth-shattering kind of saves or anything. It was just good goalkeeping. And, um, you know, but it was just sort of, it, it just sort of, this game could have gone south, especially giving up the late goal in the 89th, you know, and potentially, you know, they're going to give it up another one. I mean, you know, the way Portland's collapsed. So I, I told my friend, I said, if we had, if, we had, if this game had been a tie, this would have been way worse than the Toronto result, whereas the Toronto result was 2-2 also. So, you know, so this one could have, could have done that, and it would have just been horrible. 
But fortunately, this time we hold on. We get the win. And uh, so, anyway, looking forward to the to the Chivas game on Wednesday. Uh, that should be fun. First Wednesday night game. Um, you know, first game in a long time uh, against an opponent opponent that I'm not saying Chivas is bad. I don't think they're that bad, especially now that they got on hell. Uh, and they did beat us before, but uh, you know, I, I think they're beatable, especially at home. You know, and so and it's definitely definitely the type of game that we should be winning. You know, against a lesser opponent. So, uh, Portland 2, Vancouver 1. Uh, not necessarily lesser than us, but a lesser opponent than, you know, one of the top teams. So, uh, so, uh, let's see. Dallas, Seattle. Um, yeah, interesting result. Mentioning this, they said that George John for, for Dallas is apparently might be heading to Blackburn, which is interesting. So I'll have to keep an eye on that one. Uh, but in this game, it's Seattle who take the lead via the 15th minute, uh, via Rosales, who gets free on the right side, slots it low and into the corner. New tradee Jeremy Hall gets minutes when he comes on about a half hour into this one. I don't remember him doing anything that bad or, or great in this, but, you know, he did come on and play quite a bit. So, Yamalu, um, yeah, does, I think it was Zach Lloyd got injured, so uh, they had a, another player that was out. Um, oh, George John was out on suspension, so Zach Lloyd was playing, and then he got injured, so then they had to put in Jeremy Hall. So, all of a sudden, they have an injury crisis and needed Jeremy Hall. He thought he wasn't going to play, but... Um, anyway, let's see, uh, Yamalu gives Fusito a bloody nose, gets a yellow, and then Casey Keller makes a terrific save on a smash header. A lot of hard fouls as Dallas is very physical, but it doesn't seem to help as they still trail. I figured someone would get a red, and sure enough, it's Danny Cruz for Dallas, but it was a second yellow for diving, not a hard foul. So, uh, Dallas are down to ten. Not a lot of, uh, of contact, but even in the box, um, um, but not even, you know, not even in the box and with some contact. So I don't understand quite how you get a dive when it's not even in the box, but whatever. Uh, a bit harsh, but uh, despite being down a man, Dallas uh, continued to do all the attacking. Uh, Keller kept busy, including a huge save deep in stoppage sign. But Dallas can't get the equalizer. Huge road win for Seattle. Dallas nil, Seattle won. L.A. San Jose takes Robbie Keane just 20 minutes in his debut to score. He receives a bouncing ball over the back line from Beckham. Roundsbush rolls it into the empty net. Just a nice cartwheel celebration, too. Uh, San Jose forced a few saves from Saunders later in the half, and after the break, they continue to look the more threatening. You wonder if L.A.'s defense would hold. But San Jose don't really put anything away, and L.A. are constantly dangerous, but they don't get their second until the 90th when McGee knocks in a ball at the near post. L.A. crossed the 50-point mark with their 14th win of the season. So, uh... Remember how we said Chicago had 15 draws? Well, LA has 14 wins, so that's a that's the difference between those two teams. LA to San Jose nil. Uh, Colorado Chivas Fulan puts in a header about 10 minutes in for the home team, but new signing Juan Pablo Angel scores before the end of the half for Chivas, receiving a beautiful through ball from Ruoka, going 1v1 with Pickens and beating him. Nice start for Angel. The second half was a near repeat, with Colorado's Laurentowitz putting in a header in the 70th and some French guy for Chivas going 1v1 and rolling it past Pickens for the late equalizer. So Colorado 2, Chivas 2. Uh, Kansas City versus D.C. Terrific goal from Kamara about 20 minutes in, receiving a poor clearance right to him at the edge of the box, fainting left, and then pushing the ball to his right to make space. It looked like he was too far away from him for a shot, but he wrapped a long leg around it, blasted it low and into the corner. After that, neither team could do much. KC had a ton of chances but couldn't finish, while D.C. had a few opportunities that neither never seemed to quite come off. Game kind of whimpered out, and KC get another win at home. So, KC won, D.C. nil. So, And the D.C. Keep backup keeper actually... It was pretty decent. Uh, none of the goals were really his. The goal wasn't you know, his fault or anything. But uh, 
Let's talk DPL, Premiership, uh, Arsenal, Liverpool, great game on Saturday. No goals in the first half, they both had chances, but I thought Liverpool looked the more dangerous. Then about an hour in, 19-year-old Mpog in his debut for the Gunners, goes in foolishly with a kick to the shin while already on a yellow. He's got to go. Arsenal have 20 minutes to play a man down. Just minutes later, later Liverpool take the lead when the defender clears the ball off of teammate Ramsey. So it's kind of an own goal of Ramsey, although I don't like call the deflections on goals, but uh, just seconds into stoppage time, Suarez puts in the insurance goal, and it's all over. So, Arsenal nil, Liverpool 2. Huge result for Liverpool. Uh, haven't won against Arsenal there in decades or something. I don't know. Long time. Uh, in many years. Everton versus QPR. Everton with all the pressure and chances hitting the crossbar, missing several sure goals, but it's QPR capitalized when a player is left with space in the box. He curls one to the far post around Tim Howard. Everton keep plugging away and dominate, but can't break through. Shockingly drop their first match of the season. Remember, their first match of the season was postponed, the uh, one against uh, Tottenham. So Everton dropped this one. Everton nil, QPR one. Chelsea versus West Brom. Long. Sean Long steals the ball from a sluggish. Alex fights him off, goes to goal, and finishes, and West Brom lead. They continue to play well, and Chelsea struggle. Uh, but just before the hour, there's, uh, when there's a possible Lampard foul in the box, the referees play on. Anelka keeps on going, gets into the box, finishes to the far post. They get, they, uh, then break West Brom hearts with the darting run on the right wing, a cross to the back post that Maluda taps home. He came on as a sub. Uh, weak finishing, weak defending on that one, sorry. Uh, West Brom forced a big save from the Chelsea backup keeper. Check is out injured. Uh, the shot's right at him, but he still had to hold on to it. And in the end, Chelsea get the two point, the three points. Uh, Chelsea two, West Brom one. At Wolves versus Fulham, Wolves' Kevin Doyle has a fantastic chance about uh, 30 minutes in when he gets the ball away from the defender at the end line, gets around Schwarzer, but then he skies the shot. But then 10 minutes later, he puts in a much more difficult chance for the corner of the six-yard box and takes off his shirt to celebrate, which is just dumb. <laughs> then disaster for Fulham as another Wolves goal in the first half stoppage time. Schwarzer came out for a cross that was headed uh, just before he got there. So he came out, the ball's headed away, the shot came off the post, though, but then Jarvis was there to put the rebound into the empty net. Ouch. Fulham make changes at the half with uh, Dembele and Sidwell, and start to pressure right away with Duff uh, putting one wide, but Wolves are still dangerous, and with them to worry about, Fulham just can't get anything going the other direction. Dempsey has a harmless wide shot. Around the 80th, Fulham really pressured with several corner kicks and a free kick, but still can't break through. Time runs out, and they bow out. Not a good start for the season for Fulham, who still haven't even scored. Uh, they got a win uh, in Europe midweek. I think they actually played on Thursday, apparently, with uh, Dempsey getting a brace. So it could be they were tired in this one. Uh, Wolves 2, Fulham 0. Uh, Bolton, Man City, lively game. City take the lead 25 minutes in via a long shot by Silva that skips over goalkeeper Yaskalainen, bouncing just before it reaches the keeper and fooling him. Ten minutes later, Gareth Barry fires a rocket into the top corner from well outside the box. But minutes later, Bolton shows some quality when a hard cross is pounded in first time by Klasnitz. Right after the break, though, City restore their two-goal margin when Jekko charges into the box, fires low to the far post. Jessica Lydon probably should have done better with that one. On the hour, Bolton bring back, uh, bring one back via Kevin Davies, heading in a goal off a long free kick. City had a few other chances, but did enough to keep Bolton out and hold on for the three points. Uh, Bolton two, Man City three. Manchester United, Tottenham, this was today's game on Monday. Minor chances for both were Brad Fiedel in goal for Spurs having to do some uh, good work to keep United out. But on the hour, the goal finally comes as Cleverly puts in a wicked ball with power that Welbeck gets his head onto and United lead. And once they get a lead, 
they just keep on going. So uh, Rooney nearly scored with a terrific double-touch free kick that Brad had to push outside the post, and then Welbeck tried a bicycle that Brad saved. Then Anderson plays an interesting give-and-go with Welbeck, with the latter returning the ball via back heel into the box, and Anderson just puts it away with 15 to go. Rooney nearly had one on the doorstep, but it was high. To be fair, the cross was a rocket, and it was bouncing, and uh, he just you know got something on it, but it was high. But just a minute, a moment later, he gets a free heady, header and buries it, and that was all it took. Manchester United 3, Tottenham nil. So that's it for that. Whew. All right, so Manchester United is uh, not at the very top of the table because they're short a few goals on goal difference, but uh, definitely up there on wins and looking very, very good, I must say. So I uh, watched the uh, semifinal on the WPS, the uh, Super Semi, they're calling it. I don't know why, but... Uh, Philadelphia versus Magic Jack. Apparently Magic Jack has all the stars and Abby Wambach and Megan Rapino, but there was no magic. Uh, after a boring first half, Philly's uh, Natasha Kai came out, fired up, burned the place down with a fantastic goal. She picked up a loose clearance, got the ball in the box, left the ball, darted her feet one way, drawing the f- defender with her, and then darted back to the ball and just left, curled the left footer into the far side of the goal. Just, haha, kind of a great play. I mean, just... You know, it was really, really quick, so I'm describing it. It's, it takes way longer to describe it than it does to do it. But she just literally just, she had the ball at her feet, and then she just left it and, you know, took a step, and then her defender followed her, and then she went back to the ball and buried it, you know. So it was just brilliant. Uh, after the goal, Magic Jack had the most possession, but uh, really created anything that dangerous, while Philly kept squandering their chances. Finally, Amy Rodriguez, after a number of poor misses, uh, gets a nothing ball at the edge of the box, and with a defender right there, goes for the quick chip, Finally, watches the ball sail over the keeper under the bar, and that wraps things up for Philly, who will face uh, Western New York Flash in the final. Uh, Philly 2, Magic Deck, Jack nil. So, uh, yeah, interesting. So, yeah. So I'm looking forward to the final. I want to see New York. I'm rooting for New York just because, you know, I like, uh, yeah, I like, uh, yeah, I like the New York players, so. All right, so um, that's it for this week's podcast. We'll be back next week on the uh, 29th, I think, Monday, the 29th. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I've got some deadlines next week, so uh, we'll see how it goes, how much soccer I get watched. There's there's, uh, there's uh, a lot of soccer this week. We've got, you know, again, CONCACAF this week. We've got some MLS games midweek. I'm going to the the Portland game, so obviously that's going to be a big deal on Wednesday. And then don't forget this week there's a free uh, Fox Soccer Plus preview this week. So if you don't normally, like me, subscribe to Fox Soccer Plus, uh, which is kind of expensive, fifteen dollars uh, a month. Um, it's free this week, and so I'm recording an extra four games on the weekend, you know, from that. So I'm going to have a lot of soccer, and I've got big deadlines, you know, midweek. So not sure exactly how things will go, but we'll just play it by ear and see. But meantime, Mark at Soccer Talk USA is the email. And the voicemail is 206-339-8359, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.